Fire in the Mountains, Chapter 13, Part 2. He stayed in his room. Some servants brought him some food, but he barely ate. He couldn't stand the thought of seeing anybody, and he simply waited to hear the inevitable. It was very, very late when Kotsky knocked on his door. The banquet had been postponed. Kotsky and his generals had spent all day talking with Enji and his people. Shoto opened the door and Kotsky slouched in, looking exhausted, wrung dry. Shoto didn't say anything. He knew what Kotsky had come to tell him. I'm sorry. Shoto swallowed, the lump in the back of his throat. Don't, don't be, did you? Did you do what was best for the Outlands? Kotsky nodded. He agreed to all my terms. Kotsky swallowed. Shoto heard the, his tongue click against the roof of his mouth. It was so quiet. Except one. Shoto sat down on his bed. This can't be all there is. It, it can't. I told you, Shoto said slowly. I, I knew. I always knew. Shoto, I... Shoto looked at him, waiting for him to go on, but he didn't. Did he... Shoto stopped and swallowed. Did he say when he planned to leave? Three days from now. Shoto nodded. Please say something. Shoto shrugged. What was there to say? His mind was empty, just static. He had three days, three more days. And then this would all be gone. Inji probably already had a wife lined up for him back in the flatlands. He wouldn't bring Shoto back just yet without a guarantee. A way to save face. Anything, Kotsky hissed. Shoto, anything. If you can think of anything, I'll do it. But I can't, we can't start a war. No. Shoto said, no, of course not. Tell me what to do. There's nothing to do, Shoto said. This is... Shoto couldn't sit still anymore. He felt like someone was gouging a hole in his chest. When he lifted his eyes, Kotsky was staring at him, eyes so intent they hurt to look at, but Shoto couldn't look away. This was it. This is all he'd have. All he'd ever have. Kotsky said, I'll try anything you can think of. Shoto watched his lips when he said it, watched his beautiful, cruel, clever mouth, and felt all the static in his head calm, crystallize into ice. 
he had an idea, a single idea, a very, very stupid, desperate idea. Koski's brows furrowed at the way Shoto was staring at him, and then his face went slack in shock, hands lifting reflexively, lips, his beautiful lips, parted, and his incredible cherry wood eyes wide. Shoto put both hands on Kotsky's cheeks and kissed him. He did it before he could think better of it, before desperation could fade enough to be replaced with embarrassment, with uncertainty. And it was nothing, nothing like kissing Denki had been, because Shoto had imagined this so many times had wanted this so badly for what felt like so long so that when it finally happened he couldn't breathe couldn't think couldn't believe how good it felt his heart hammered so hard he thought it might break through his ribs for the first time in his life he felt thoughtless truly thoughtless and he didn't realize he'd put his whole body against Kotsky's until the strange little sound Kotsky made vibrated in Shoto's chest his hands were at Shoto's waist Shoto's furs clenched between Kotsky's fingers so tight Shoto could have couldn't have pulled away if he wanted to he didn't want to he never ever wanted to he wanted to die here Kotsky broke to breathe, panted against Shoto's lips, and then felt Shoto press the tip of his tongue, felt him pull Kotsky closer, and he jerked back very suddenly, leaning his head away from Shoto's, though his their hips were still flush. No, we not. Shoto felt something inside him break. He couldn't. He needed to pretend. He needed. Please. Kotsky tilted his head forward, put his forehead against Shoto's, and Shoto was ashamed at the way he was breathing, like he'd just run so far. Not like this, Kotsky said so gently. Princess, not, not like this. No. Shoto heard himself speaking and didn't even know what he was thinking until the words came out. I can't go back. So we'll think of something without this. Kotsky's voice died. Shoto heard him breathing. You. Just once. Just just so I can remember. He heard Kotsky swallow, and he hated how his voice sounded. Hated how he was begging, how desperate he was. But he couldn't. He couldn't go back without knowing. I know, I know you don't. I, I know I'm not. What? Kotsky hissed. Not what? Not like them. I know you don't, but but I... 
Shudo felt himself swallow, and he still couldn't stop the words from coming. Not now that they'd started. I want you so much. Kotsky kissed him. Hard. Fuck, he was almost violent about it. And Shoto couldn't keep up. Didn't know what to do, and a tiny pitiful sound leached from his lips while he tried to pull Kotsky closer. Kotsky broke away from him again and cursed, and he pulled back. Looked Shoto in the eye, and... He tucked a strand of stray hair behind Shoto's ear. Shoto was shaking violently. No one had ever touched him like this. He didn't know what to do, and now Koski wasn't was just looking at him and say you mean it. Shoto swallowed, lips still parted, and heard the wet click so loudly in the closed space between them it rang in his ears when it was gone. This isn't just... just to get back at him. Kotsky hissed. Do you mean it? Shoto didn't see any point in lying anymore. He wasn't sure he even knew how. Yes, I... I've wanted you for so long. I think. Fuck. And then he really was crying. He threw his arms around Kotsky's neck and couldn't be bothered to hate himself for it. I don't want to go. I love you. I don't want to go. Kotsky's arms curled up under Shoto's shoulders and just held him as tightly as Shoto did. Shoto didn't feel like himself. He felt like he'd been walking a tight wire all week, waiting for Inji to arrive, and now that he was here, Shoto felt like everything in him had been stripped away, like he'd been laid bare and there was nothing left but this. Nothing but this terrible, consuming ache that he couldn't ignore anymore. That he had to speak to the world. Please touch me. Please... I... I... Don't beg like that, Kotsky said with a sudden wry, hysterical laugh. (laughs) It's too much. You sound so pretty. I can't stand it. Shoto didn't think he sounded pretty. He was fairly certain he sounded ridiculous, sobbing and begging to be touched like that, and... He broke away now put a little space in between them so he could get control of himself and scrubbed his hands over his eyes. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm, I must look ridiculous. I'm so sorry. Kotsky shook his head. You're beautiful. Shoto swallowed, dried his eyes. You, you don't think I'm pathetic. Kotsky barked a sharp, loud laugh. (laughs) I think I'm fucking dreaming. Shoto stared at him and didn't know what to say. The urge to speak fled when Kotsky took Shoto's chin into his hand, gentle and firm, and stared so intently at his face that Shoto felt naked. Why didn't you say something sooner? I... I 
I couldn't. I... I'm... What? What do I even have to give you? Shota whispered. Koski was already staring into his soul. He might as well bear it. I'm contrary and petty and... I have no idea how to... Shoto felt himself blushing and forced himself to stammer. I... I've heard you with them, and they're all so... There was a very small smile playing across Kotsky's lips. He still hadn't let Shoto's chin go. So what? <laughs> Sexual... Shoto said miserably. I'm not like that. I know I look nice, I guess, but I just... Shoto. Kotsky said very slowly and clearly, an awful, delicious smile on his face. If you let me, I'll take care of you. Shoto felt a chill dart down his spine. Dinky had said that to him, hadn't he? Had said Shoto should let them take care of him. Shoto had breezed past it, hadn't given it much thought, but... What? What do you mean? Kotsky leaned in, and his lips brushed Shoto's when he spoke. Shoto shivered again, and his muscles were starting to ache from it. I mean... Lay down. It was embarrassing how fast Shoto started breathing then, but he didn't move right away. Kotsky leaned forward and put his lips on Shoto's neck and then whispered again. Lay down. And Shoto sat very heavily on his bed. It was so low and he was just staring up at Kotsky, feeling foolish and terrified and entirely too wrung out. He couldn't make his brain work. He kept trying to dissect, to wonder why, to second-guess, but he just couldn't. Kotsky went down on his knees in front of Shoto and put his hands on the wooden toggle holding Shoto's fur together, and then he looked Shoto in the eye and waited. Shoto remembered things he had heard then, the way Kotsky and Denki had torn each other's clothes off, the way they'd been breathing and groaning and whispering to each other. What was this then, if not that? Should he try to pull Kotsky's furs off, or should he? Can I take this off? Shoto's breath hitched and he nodded very hard, hair falling into his face. Kotsky's voice was steady, but Shoto looked down at the toggle and saw his fingers shaking. He pushed the fur apart, and even though Shoto knew he'd been bare-chested in front of Kotsky before, had even been naked, even, this felt different. When Kotsky put his hands on Shoto's chest, Shoto's mind widened out. He, every thought fled, and he made a sharp, high, encouraging sound that actually made Kotsky yank his hands back before he started to laugh, and Shoto was gasping. 
Sorry. Sorry, I... Kotsky crowded into his space very suddenly, leaning over him, and said with an infuriatingly smug laugh, <laughs> You're gonna spoil me, princess. He slid his hands across Shoto's belly when he said it, and Shoto leaned back on the bed, skin tingling, biting back another awful, desperate groan. He was trembling, like he was standing naked in the snow. Fuck. What was wrong with him? This wasn't right. He'd heard enough to know this couldn't be. It just felt so good. Shoto. Kotsky said very conversationally, voice steady and even. Are you sure you want this? Yes, yes, gods. Shoto heard himself gasp because Kotsky's hands were on Shoto's bare back, tracing up his spine, and Kotsky's furs were rubbing Shoto's bare skin, and Shoto's hands were buried in them painfully in the luxurious fur quilt Kotsky had given him. He'd never laid across it like this before. He slept in a tunic, always, too ashamed to ever be truly naked, even when he was alone. It was too much, so much, so soft, and Kotsky's hands were warm, hot even, and all his rough calluses caught at Shoto's bare skin. He ran his hands up Shoto's sides, fingers tripping over ribs and muscle, and Shoto felt himself falling back into the fur like it was going to swallow him up. He tried to hold himself still, tried to stop shaking, but couldn't. Promise me. Tell me if you need me to stop or slow down. No, no, don't, don't, please. Ah, uh, fuck. You promise. I will, I will, I will. Kotsky pulled away and started unlacing Shoto's boots. Shoto knew him well enough to know he was playing it casual, that he was trying to go slow and gentle. But his hands were shaking too, and Shoto could hear him breathing hard. He'd done this before, hadn't he? Carefully pulled Shoto's shoes off so Shoto could sleep in comfort, what seemed like a lifetime ago. Shoto had thought the kindness was a taunt, some kind of power play. He'd been so stupid. Shoto's boots thumped on the ground, and then Kotsky put his hands on Shoto's left ankle and then his calf, sliding his palms up to the back of Shoto's knee. And then Shoto yelped when Kotsky pulled. He sat down on the bed and yanked Shoto into his lap, put himself between Shoto's leather-clad legs so Shoto's hips were raised up off the bed and then urged Shoto up with his hands against Shoto's waist. Kissing him now was easy, and for a moment, it was all Shoto wanted. His arms around Kotsky's neck, Kotsky's furs rubbing against Shoto's bare chest, his lips. Shoto had written epics to those lips in dark, secret places when he was too tired to stop himself. 
to the sharp angle of Kotsky's jaw and the self-assured way he grinned at every challenge like he lived for conflict. He was so soft. Shoto had never expected that. He'd never expected Kotsky to just hold him and kiss him and rub his hands all over Shoto's body. And Shoto never expected to feel like one misstep would leave him babbling and begging and pleading for Kotsky's affections. Tell me what you want. Kotsky whispered, breath hot against Shoto's skin, against the curve of Shoto's jaw. He wasn't sure he knew, except that he wanted Kotsky to take his pants off too. What? What do you mean? You've thought about this before. Yes. What did you think about? The silence felt too thick, too heavy. Shoda was afraid to speak. How did you have me, princess? I, I don't know. He lied. Kotsky shook his head a little, and Shoto felt himself blushing and couldn't stop. Kotsky's hands dipped lower, curled around Shoto's ass, and he hated, hated, hated that he was still wearing his pants. There must have been something. Shoto couldn't, so he started pulling off Kotsky's fur vest instead, so he could feel his skin, his chest, run his fingers over those tattoos. Kotsky made a little satisfied sound in the back of his throat and sat back a little so Shoto had room to move. But now, leaving himself open like that, Shoto was suddenly terrified to go on. Come on, and Shoto blurted. With Denki, you... Kotsky's eyes finally jumped back to Shoto's face, and Shoto was utterly mortified when he whispered, You... you used your mouth. A slow, filthy smile spread across Kotsky's face, and he said so loudly it actually made Shoto squirm. You want me to suck your cock, princess? For some reason, Shoto clapped his hand over his mouth and squeezed his eyes shut, too, and then he nodded sharply. Kotsky's voice was infuriatingly painful when he said, Say it. Please. Please. Fuck. That is pretty. But that's not what I asked for. Shoto groaned in nameless frustration. Why couldn't Kotsky just get on with it? If you can't even say it, you're not ready to try it. Kotsky said quietly, gently, voice so uncharacteristically understanding that Shoto wanted to scream. Please suck my cock, he gasped, the words burning on the way out. 
Just saying them made him squirm, and he curled away off Kotsky's lap, so he was just crouched on the bed, knees locked together and pricked, throbbing so hard it made his chest ache with every pulse. Kotsky hummed, and he was so self-assured, and Shoto hated it. Except it made him want to do everything Kotsky asked of him. Look at me. Shoto opened his eyes and looked, flinging himself off the topest, the top of the tallest tower would have been easier. Fucking told you I'd take care of you, didn't I? Shoto nodded, heart in his throat and just hammering so fast. <laughs> you want me to use my mouth? Shoto nodded again and kept his hand locked over his lips because if he opened his mouth, all he would say was please, please, please. Take those off, Kotsky told him, jerking his chin at Shoto's pants. Kotsky was pulling his own furs off and his own boots, and Shoto could only watch him for so long before he shimmied out of his own breeches. Kotsky stopped moving when he, he when he saw that Shoto was what he was doing, and his eyes felt like they were burning Shoto's skin. He watched Shoto tug his trousers down over his thighs, stared at Shoto's nakedness in such an intense silence. Shoto felt himself blush and cupped his hands over himself. Kotsky sat down on the bed, still staring, some of the frenzy gone out of him, and he put his hands on Shoto's thigh, looking at the way Shoto was covering himself, still sitting on his knees, and all curled forward like he needed to hide. With his other hand, Kotsky very gently reached out and peeled Shoto's fingers away. Shoto was hesitant to drop his hands from his body, but he did, breathing so fast his chest hurt, and all he could hear was the air rushing from between his lips. Kotsky leaned forward and kissed him again, kissed him until Shoto was throbbing all over, until all his self-consciousness started to trickle away, his hands coasting over Shoto's ribs again, and his thighs coming close enough to Shoto's groin to make him tense and moan, but never actually touching. The third time he did it, when Shoto's groan of pleasure shifted into frustration, Kotsky pulled away from him and peered down. Shoto followed his gaze and felt awful shame charge all through him. He'd never seen himself like this before. His cock was so red and swollen it looked like it hurt, and it was leaving little wet spots on Shoto's belly. <laughs> Stay on your knees and turn around. Kotsky's voice was so gentle, so smooth, so innocuous, so reverent. It, shook, it took Shoto a moment to realize what he was asking. Shoto swallowed hard. 
He licked his lips and hesitated, but Koski just waited very patiently for him to do as he asked. Shoto hated the idea of putting his back to Kotsky, of not being able to see him, but he still turned around, shoulders hunched a little, and head bowed. He jumped when he felt Kotsky's hand at the base of his skull, and then all at once Kotsky pushed, pushed hard, and used all his considerable strength to do it, so Shoto was forced to bend forward to put his head on the bed. And now he felt very foolish because he was, he was so exposed like this, so opened and, oh, wait, he gasped, and Kotsky's hand stalled halfway down Shoto's back where his fingers had been tripping, tripping lower. What, what, what are you doing? Shoto muttered. He wasn't sure he could that he could let Kotsky, the lump in his throat was choking him. I just want to look, Kotsky said, touch you a little. Silence had always been Shoto's escape, but now it felt like the worst thing imaginable. Because when neither of them was speaking, all Shoto could hear was the way he was gasping for air like his lungs didn't want to work. He heard every little groan and hitch and gasp Kotsky drew out of him, and it was horrible. Horrible because there was no hiding from it. Shoto nodded his head against the bed, and Kotsky's hand started moving again, down to the base of Shoto's spine where he paused. Fuck. You're so pretty, princess. And for some reason, that name, spoken like that, made Shoto shudder from head to toe, made everything pulse and throb, and he, it, it was like that terrible moment hearing them, Danky and Kotsky, all over again. Kotsky's voice, speaking so intimately, it felt physical, and Kotsky's hand drew away, and then came back, fingers light and teasing, and rested against the private place behind Shoto's balls, the place that was so exposed to Kotsky right now, like this, and shark, shock charged through Shoto's whole body. Kotsky was touching him like this. Kotsky's rough, coarse hands were teasing him, and he couldn't, he couldn't. Koski shifted, and Shoto felt something soft and wet and, oh, gods, oh, stars, oh, Koski was licking him there, all slow and dirty, and he laid the whole flat of his tongue against Shoto's skin and dragged his mouth up higher so he was like he wanted to put his tongue Shoto couldn't finish the thought. He came helplessly, cock throbbing and pulsing where it hung under his belly, and Kotsky hadn't even touched him. And it was still the best, still better than anything had ever. Shoto tried to stay quiet, but he couldn't. 
He had to cry out into the furs he'd pressed his face into, hands fisted into the blankets and little spots dancing behind his closed eyes. Kotsky put his tongue in a place where Shoto was very sure tongues should not go, and Shoto felt tears prickling at his eyes. He didn't even care. Kotsky slid his hands to Shoto's waist, pulled him closer to Shoto's body, and buried his face against Shoto's most private, most sensitive skin. His tongue was so hot and so wet, and Shoto hadn't even known this was something people did. But Kotsky seemed to be enjoying himself because he kept making little sounds like he was eating a very elaborate meal after very after days of fasting, and Shoto couldn't bring himself to push away even though he felt like he should. And it was... It felt good when Kotsky had started, and it did, gods above it did... Then it only got better as the seconds ticked by. Shoto didn't know what to do. He felt like he should do something. Felt like he couldn't stand it. And he started to squirm and moan and gasp and plead. And he didn't even know what he was pleading for. But every sound he made only seemed to urge Kotsky on. There was no more shame in it. Shoto didn't have any room left in his head for anything that wasn't, yes, fuck, please, yes, yes, yes. Fuck, fuck, wanna, can I, with my fingers? Shoto sucked in a hysterical breath, and he wasn't even sure what Koski was asking him. But he still said yes over and over and over again without knowing what he was saying or why. Kotsky didn't pull his mouth away. He gripped Shoto's hip with one hand and Shoto felt the other teasing along his skin, felt it drawing closer to the place where Kotsky kept pressing his tongue. He was putting his tongue inside Shoto's body, and Shoto was dizzy with it. He smelled something burning at the exact moment Kotsky jerked back and said, Careful! Shoto squeezed his left hand shut, pressed it against his own chest so that he could, couldn't singe the blankets. And then Kotsky did two things at once. He pushed Shoto onto his back, urged Shoto to roll over. And as he did, he pressed that single teasing finger at the place where his tongue had been, and Shoto wasn't even really sure he liked it, but it startled him so badly. It shocked him so deeply. He just, fuck, again, all over his own belly. He shouldn't. He needed to, to get a hold of himself. Kotsky looked down at him and smirked, and his face was all wet, and his lips were a little swollen and slick, and said, <laughs> Oops. Shoto hid his face in his hands and wasn't sure if the sounds he was making were moans or sobs. And then Kotsky said, <laughs> 
Oh, holy shit. Wait, did you? Shoto barely knew what Kotsky was saying. He had his finger inside Shoto's body. His finger was, and Shoto was. He was staring through his fingers, barely seeing anything. You came already? When Shoto focused his eyes, he realized Chikotsky had accidentally set his free hand down in the little wet spot from, from before. And he... I... I'm sorry. Kotsky started laughing. <laughs> Why? And then he dragged his fingers through the awful, embarrassing mess on Shoto's belly and stuck them in his mouth before he said, mm. Gonna stay hard for me, princess? Shoto shivered. Koski's fucking finger was very distracting, and Shoto was beginning to think he may, might not like it. Of course he didn't. How could he? And he squirmed away, except the motion sent a wave of bliss coursing through Shoto's chest and belly, and he saw his own cock jump and twitch in his periphery. Koski grinned at him and said, <laughs> you really are, aren't you? Why, why wouldn't I? Kotsky hissed, Shoto hissed behind his hands as he looks at Kotsky. Kotsky was staring at him like that, and he was touching him, and he'd had his whole face, and... Most men need a little break in between. <laughs> Kotsky said with a little snicker. Knew you were special, huh, princess? Your, your hand. Shoto heard himself choke. He couldn't stand it. Worth the wait, yeah? Kotsky. He started and didn't get to finish whatever he was going to say because Kotsky groaned and leaned forward and kissed Shoto so hard Shoto couldn't breathe through it. His lips and chin were wet, and Shoto knew he had truly lost his fucking mind when that only made him want to kiss Kotsky even harder. When he broke away, Shoto was panting, squirming, down into his hand, searching for that feeling again. And he couldn't find it. He couldn't. Oh, please, Kotsky. Please, I, I need... What? Kotsky said sharply, voice low, vibrating under Shoto's skin. I... Say it. S suck... Please, come on, put your mouth on me, please, please, just look at me. Shoto did, of course he did. Tell me if you're gonna come again. Shoto shuddered. Can you do that? 
Uh, uh-huh. Yes. I... Yes. Promise. Yes. He gave Shota one last awful, lecherous grin, and then he curled down and wrapped his lips over the head of Shoto's cock. It was infinitely better than Shoto had ever imagined. Kotsky was doing something with his hand, his finger, something soft and careful. And Shoto kept squeezing around him, and he knew Kotsky had only been doing this for a few seconds, tongue swirling and mouth too, too hot, when Shoto gasped and choked out, I, uh, I, I, I can't. Shoto pulled away from, Kotsky pulled away from Shoto, breath the only thing he could feel against his skin. And Shoto sank into the bed in relief. Again? So soon? He had some vague idea that coming so quickly wasn't. That he should be ashamed. But his brain was fuzzy and sticky, and he couldn't seem to hang on to any real emotions except need and unrepentant fucking adoration. Koski hissed. Spoil me, princess and then started in again, different this time, slow and teasing, and Shoto realized for a very strange frustration began to mount, and the time spent since Kotsky had pulled away stretched, that Kotsky was only teasing, that he was denying Shoto a rhythm Shoto didn't realize he needed. Shoto twisted thoughtlessly, lifted his hips, couldn't find what he wanted, even though it felt so good. And when he looked down, Kotsky was staring up at him, cheeks hollow and this terrible, goading expression in his eyes, and Shoto hissed sharply and suddenly, oh, oh, gonna call, and didn't even get the words out before Kotsky pulled off and Shoto fell back gasping. Don't, don't, come on. Just trust me, love. I'm going to make it so good for you. Shoto had barely caught his breath before Kotsky was diving back in again, and Shoto felt the tears he'd been fighting off since he first sobbed. I love you. Gods, he did. That's what this was. And it was more than that. It was physical, too. Or maybe, maybe it was physical because Shoto felt this way. He'd certainly never, never before. He felt like he was burning. He felt like he'd die every time Kotsky stopped devouring him. And the third time, he almost didn't warn Kotsky off in time. When Kotsky pulled off, Shoto felt exhausted all at once. Kotsky pulled his hand away from Shoto's body, and Shoto heard himself whimper feebly, whole body going slack. He laid his other hand, the one that hadn't been. He laid it against Shoto's cheek, and he said too gently, and it was too much. He didn't sound like Kotsky anymore. He can't have you.
don't, don't, I, I can't. Everything hurt. Don't stop. Kotsky grinned at him and said, Where's that oil? Shoto swallowed loudly. Just for my hands. Kotsky said quickly, I won't. I'm not going to. Uh, unless you wanted. Shoto shook his head once, a little too quickly. He couldn't do that. Somehow he knew that would be just too much. He hadn't even thought. Kotsky's mouth was enough. He didn't know how anything could possibly be better than this. When Shoto pointed at his vanity, Kotsky retrieved the oil Mina had gifted him from the place where Shoto had, hid had hidden it, far back in the cabinet. He never thought to use this. Not. Not really. He didn't see what Kotsky did with it, but he put his mouth on Shoto's cock again, and Shoto was too exhausted to even tense. He lay still and relaxed and couldn't even be ashamed of the sounds coming out of his mouth. I'm... Oh, fuck. Um, please, please don't stop. Fuck. Kotsky. Kotsky pulled back and Shoto gasped. No, fuck. Please, let me... Why, fuck, gods. One more time, Kotsky told him. One more time. Can you tell me one more time, please? So Shoto did. He waited, and this time it only felt like seconds before he was gasping. Gonna, gonna come, gonna... Except Kotsky didn't pull away. I'm Kotsky. He pushed his lips down until Shoto felt them at the base of his cock, pressed Shoto's whole length down his throat and swallowed, and Shoto arched up off the bed, forced himself deeper without meaning to, <clears throat> and in the moment that his breath hitched in his throat and something that had pulled very taut and thin started to break, Kotsky pushed two very slick fingers into Shoto's body so quickly that everything, everything just stopped. He lifted up off the furs, whole body drawn tight, and Kotsky pulled on Shoto's cock with his lips and his throat, and Shoto could feel his, could feel himself spasming, clenching around Kotsky's fingers, and, and, whatever had come before, Whatever paltry little release Shoto had coaxed from himself in Kotsky's bathtub or had almost hit him in the moment Denki had screamed Kotsky's name or even now, when Kotsky had buried his whole face in Shoto's ass and licked and licked him until he thought he might die, whatever those were, they had not been this. Shoto screamed. He wailed at the ceiling, eyes squeezed shut, and it didn't end. It didn't stop. 
Somehow, Ankotsky kept sucking and pulling on him and curling his fingers, and he was moaning and lifting Shoto's hips off the bed, and somehow the scream died, tapered into a huge, racking sob that only stopped when Shoto didn't have breath left to make sound. Kotsky let him go, pulled his fingers away, and draped his body over Shoto's. He put his oil-slick fingers in Shoto's hair, and Shoto didn't even care at all. Kotsky kissed him, slow and deep, and Shoto could feel him sp- himself smiling. <sighs> you, you're still wearing pants. Shoto complained. Kotsky snickered and wiggled them away to take them off. When he came back, he put his whole naked body against Shoto's. Shoto, utterly exhausted, cock actually jumped a little against his hip. Kotsky said, Fucking seriously? It's not my fault, Shoto hissed. Kotsky had tattoos on his hips. Shoto had never noticed before, had never allowed himself to look. Can, can I do whatever you want, gorgeous? Kotsky said lazily. He sprawled next to Shoto, heedless of the place where the furs were still wet, and very hesitantly, Shoto lifted his hand. Kotsky's skin was overly warm against Shoto's fingers. There was a flush over his chest and his nose, and he just stared at Shoto. Let Shoto touch him. Kotsky licked his lips and said, <laughs> mm, You taste good, princess. Shoto shivered again. He arched from head to toe, but he still couldn't stand the way Kotsky had said that. He felt it. Shoto wet his lips and said, Should, should I? He motioned a little in embarrassment to Kotsky's nakedness. For all that he was lounging in Shoto's bed, unconcerned and succulent, he was fully hard, and though Shoto wasn't sure he had much room to judge, utterly beautiful. He had never seen a man, a man roused before. He was staring. Kotsky said lazily, <laughs> I'm not done with you. Shoto swallowed heavily. He wasn't sure he could, like that. Again, or maybe... <laughs> but you can touch if you want. Shoto did want. He was slow and hesitant, but he reached out with his right hand and ran two fingers along Kotsky's cock. And for one second, thought Kotsky's skin was so hot it might burn him. Kotsky gave a deliberate, encouraging little groan. 
He let Shoto touch him with light, unsure fingers, let him explore how soft Kotsky's skin felt and how hot he was, and the little wet spot at the tip, and... Even after all that, Shoto's breathing was getting ragged again. His own cock already half-hard at all the little sounds Kotsky was making. He kept saying encouraging little things, too, saying, Yes, <laughs> good. <sighs> you know how pretty your hands are. <laughs> my my hands, Shoto laughed, surprised. <laughs> what? Kotsky pulled Shoto's hands up and sucked Shoto's first and second fingers into his mouth. Oh, it's... He dragged his tongue between Shoto's fingers, and he grinned around them, and Shoto wondered how a man could ever get so confident doing such filthy things. You ready to go again? Shoto blinked at him and whispered, uh, Again? Kotsky rolled over, pressed Shoto back, and spread himself across Shoto's chest. He smiled and said, And again, and again, and... Shoto put his arms around Kotsky's shoulders and let Kotsky kiss him, touch him. He ground his hips into Shoto's, and Shoto could... Fucking... He could feel Kotsky's cock touching his and at the moment he realized he was fully hard again Koski reached for the oil Shoto had been too shocked too overwhelmed to notice before that his skin was prickling and tingling wherever the oil touched him he was living in his skin every point of consciousness focused in his fingers and toes and in all the places the oil touched him and all the places Kotsky touched him. It didn't feel real. Kotsky put some oil on his hand, and then he reached between them, squeezed them both together, and curled his hips forward so his cock slid against Shoto's. Somehow, and Shoto was not sh at all sure how, he was able to fend off his tendency to come very suddenly and without any warning whatsoever until Kotsky had, and there was no stopping it after that. Feeling Kotsky's whole body tighten, hearing him moan like that, feeling hot, wet come land against his skin, he couldn't fight through that. It was not the last time either of them came, though there was time, a long time, before the next. They didn't talk, really. Every time they started to, Shoto felt despair well up in his chest, and Kotsky noticed because he'd just start kissing Shoto again until they were tired, or until something more started to happen. By the time Shoto was too exhausted to do anything but lay draped across Kotsky's chest, completely still and limp and silent, there was a gray light filtering in through Shoto's window. Maybe they should have talked. 
Maybe Shoto should have said everything he'd wanted to over the weeks and months past when he'd realized how much Godski meant to him. They were out of time now. But maybe this had been enough. He'd choked on Kotsky's name. He'd felt Kotsky's fingers inside of him and felt Kotsky's cock against him. What words could stand against that? Shoto mumbled very sleepily, I love you. Kotsky threaded his fingers into Shoto's hair and left them there. I love you too, princess. And Shoto prayed for a miracle, prayed that the sun would stop rising, that the light would stay gray, that morning would never come. End of chapter 13